Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for farmers out there thank you for joining us again you know jeffrey wilson my co-host and i decided that we needed to do an extra episode this week because some good things are happening with our good friend george pardos down at the university of missouri he's a scientist that we had on a previous episode of the conspiracy farm also a swap cast with Greg america and, and uh, we had del bigtree the director and producer of vaxxed uh, come on with George, and they they basically debated to educate us on on the pros and cons of vaccines, the science, and much much more. And it was it was really a breakthrough debate in my mind because uh, George is still you know pro vaccine, uh, but but he at least recognizes, and I think he always did. Look, he wants to find the science behind this stuff. So you know, Jeff, thank you for taking the time and george thank you for taking the time we're, we're excited to do this well yeah and i think uh, the, the follow-up i'm sorry george before we get started i think the follow-up is actually crucial i mean there was a lot of information that was thrown out there in that last episode we had so many issues with getting it up on social media just so much of the censorship going on right now and you know they both raised a lot of great points you know uh dell was just very huge with statistics and information but i think george you know he raised a very good point which is kind of the crux of all of this is creating that pathological link between the, you know, the vaccines and, you know, the increase of the schedule and then as well as the correlation between the, that and these different ailments, respiratory ailments, aut whatever it is, it just seems like we've seen this increase in correlation with the increase of the, the schedule. And so I think George's information and his plea to to create that link between you know, the, the pathology between the, getting the vaccine and then an increasing illness, increasing whatever the ailments is absolutely crucial. And it sounds like George done, uh, has done some studies, went down to Missouri. So I'm anxious to hear what he's done. I mean, we didn't um, turn him into an anti-vaxxer, but he did, like most people we try to encourage to do when we talk about these kind of subjects, just, just listen to it, chew on it. If it's something that challenges your confirmation of what you already felt, you know, just throw it in the mental Rolodex, chew on it, you know, be like, wow, this is interesting to think about. And that's clearly what George has done. And I'm anxious to hear how, um, what the, what these studies have concluded. Yeah. George, give us, give us an update of kind of what's been going on since the debate, buddy. So one of the things that we brought up and, and I, after the debate, I got approached by, quite a few different people and especially some of that were very anti-vaxxer and they reached out to me and, and they said listen you know i'm glad we actually had somebody that explained some of the, the science behind it and some of the tests and also some of the pathology now a lot of people in the anti let's say in the anti-vaccine community have a legitimate gripe and that's the one thing that i addressed i said well wait a second if there really are that many people out there let's not delegitimize their complaint because there are people that are having children and i just saw a, a, a an adult who had an mmr um, vaccine and she's in her mid-30s that had an adverse reaction so if it is happening what what can we do to make it better and let's not and and i i know i kind of made fun of you know some of the the moms because but at the same time i understand 
there are people out there that have been hurt. You call them all Becky. Brenda. 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 And, and the reason I <laughs> and the reason I call him Brenda, Brenda was in Ohio. She was a, a soccer mom that went to jail uh, because she withheld um, treatment for a child based on religious reasons and wound up hurting yes. the child. And that, so I, I kind of uh, always use that. Um, but one of the things that we've studied. Which is and, a bit extreme. Say that again. That's a bit extreme. Yeah, and so I, I kind of, and plus I, I kind of like the name. Um, and one of the things that you brought that you brought up, and 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 here's the the part of the technical part. One of the things I think is happening, and Dell, after I talked to Dell and talked to his assistant after the show, I looked up some of the information they gave me because I was like, this can't be correct. In, in a couple of regards. So I went on VAERS and the incident rate was a lot higher than people were led to believe. What is VAERS? Make sure we understand what VAERS is. Right. And for, for the people that are listening, VAERS is the vaccine uh, website where you can go on there. It's called Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and it's by it's ran by Health and Human Services. So it's it's v a e r s dot h h h h s dot gov, and you can go on there and and it, it's a basically a website that will give you you can report something, you can search the ver uh, the vers data, and you can see what exactly was in some vaccines what was an adverse reaction and okay. and and it's it's available to the open public there you don't have to register you can just go on there and right. so you looked you looked at for some of the facts that Dell and those guys gave you uh, on that website and what did you find well there's a lot more people there are a lot more adverse reaction than I than I thought before that that's one Number two, it is not, it's not geometrical expansion. So, which shows that somewhere it's the same ailment happening again and again. So, when you look at it, it, it it's, it's staying linear. So, it's the same ailment happening time and time again. It's not, I don't know if, if you can understand it, it's basically there's nothing new. It's just that people are, are are saying this is the exact ailment that we had in, in this state happened in this state, and it's there's not like a geometrical expansion, so the rates aren't rising as a, compared to the number of vaccines. What are, but what are those? What are the what are the common ailments that people are reporting? You know, seizures. Um... Well, there's grand mal seizures that they're having, which is common. Um, there's high fever, which which is another one that is common. Um, there's another one is the, um, there is the, the fever, the abdominal chest pains, which mimic, um, basically, uh, pleurisy. Um, some of those, th those are some of the common ones that they are, um, they're complaining about. And some deaths, of course. Yes. And the deaths. And, and so that is a... Um, that is part of it. I mean, and here, here's the, the one thing that I, I took away from it, and, and especially when we, we started mapping some of this, right. um, there is 
a few anomalies. So one of the anomalies, to give you an example, in, in some parts of the United States, there are more uh, reactions to certain types of vaccines as in others. So what, what I think is happening is that certain aspects of the population, for example, um, in the South, uh, there, people are exposed to more sunlight. So they have more, you know, produce, uh, you know, you know, the uh, vitamin D. Um, they are, their reactions are a little bit different than the Pacific Northwest. Now, that is our guess, and you know, it's the peanut allergy argument. You know, the um, so it kind of followed a geographic map, then what you were finding. Yeah, and that's and and that is and and my other question because there's some questions. Could we that also be not to, not to cut you off, but that could that yes. also be. Uh, ethnic, ethnicity, uh, DNA type stuff that, you know, different DNAs are being affected differently in different areas. Yes, and that is, um, that is, that is a possible problem because one of the things that we saw and um, that one of, uh, one of the things that we saw is in different aspects of the, the reporting data what might have happened also is that in some cases where people are, are let's say economically they're they're not as rich, um, maybe they didn't have access to knowing what what bears is. Maybe they're public assistance, or you know they were they were you know poor. There might be more likely not to come forward and say, hey, the you know the this set here is you know we didn't report it as well. So there might have that might have also been the issue. And, and trying to extrapolate, uh, you know, uh, exponential smoothing from such a, a, is daunting. But we looked at, you know, some of the numbers and, and they're like, yeah, it, it, it's different people are reporting. So it could be socioeconomic issues, could be ethnicity. Um, again, could be exposure to different, you know, um, where some some states have, you know, when you have freezing weather, it kills a lot of microbes in the winter. That, I mean, that's can I, I, I have to interject only because, and we don't have to spend much time on this, George, but we did a, a previous episode uh, where Diliana Gatachaiva had um, discovered that we had basically encircled Euro Eurasia with over 25 bio and chemical weapons labs and where they've actually perfected how to use bioweapons against specific DNAs. Genetic now, specific bioweapons, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that is, that, hold that's on, it. Hold on, the only thing I'm saying is, is um, what's going on with the vaccines, is there a, it's, it's way conspiracy, it's way down the rabbit hole, but honestly, have they been, been experimenting on different DNAs uh, through vaccines? It could be, and and I'm just throwing it out there, man. Here, here's one of the things that I, that I, I, and me and you had this discussion, so I want to bring this up because me and you talked about this the other day. So one of the the, I, I read up on Gardasil because I did not. Here's a couple of things about the Dell the Dell debate. There's some things that he threw out. I just did not. I I wasn't. I didn't understand the law in some states. So. One of the things is the Gardasil HPV vaccine. So I had to look it up, and I'm like, no, that can be true. It was. Um, and, and you got to remember, I study pathology. And what was true specifically? I, I will tell you this. 
there was instances in young females of heart attacks that do not mimic anything natural in their 20s does not happen so if you say to me and it's the and it's the lower end anterior descending artery which is the widowmaker two of the subjects that had died from the Gardasil HPV vaccine suffered those coronary issues. Now, that doesn't happen. That happens when you're 60 and 70 years old. It doesn't happen when you're 20. That, and not even in genetic defects. That, that's a very rare ailment. And two of them you've, suffered. You've had, have, you've had to have abused your body for about uh, ten, uh, five decades and, and you're ready. Right, and, it, and it's got to have blockage, and, and you know, and it's cured by a stent. But if you have, if if that collapses, that that also can be done from neurological toxin. That is the one things that is sure. a, and, and that is one of the issues behind it. Now, there's some people that will believe that will agree with me, and some people that won't. But I've read nu numerous um, National Institute of Health studies where that happens. So I, um, I'll give you an example. Clopidomine uh, is a drug that's used for um, giving, you know, for people that are, um, that are, it's given for people that are depressed, you know, you know, having depression. Well, one of the things that that does, it gives you diabetes. That, that, that's a side, that, that's a All side. Right. And that is because it, it, it stops the production of insulin. Now, you would never think that if you gave that to somebody young and you're saying in your 20s, hey, listen, you're going to develop diabetes, but you're going to be in a good mood. Well, that's not necessarily a good thing. Right. So um, that is one of the things that we have uh, took, you know, that... Uh, took away from the debate after you looked up the information and everything. So let's move forward to, you know, your testing now. You're doing a lot of tests on lab mice, Pretty expensive yeah. lab mice, right? Oh, yeah. So let, let, let me tell you what we get. We get a batch of mice, okay? We get roughly between, we usually try to stay around 50 to 60 mice, and, and, and that's because they're manageable, okay? And so what we do, we get them in, we take a sample from every mice, and we put it on a, on a slide, put it in storage, okay, before anything is done. Now, the, the laboratory that we get them from have them genetically engineered. So we know we order a specific kind of mouse that has, you know, that is, we try to use for antibody testing. Okay. We, we then take, take a slide from every living mouse and, you know, we put them in their, you know, little cages. We then take um, a, a group of them and we kind of look around and, you know, it, it's, there's no set way but we take half of them to test okay now one of the what we test for is to see you know we we look and see how they they're in their cage and we try to get the ones that are you know kind of a little bit more active but most, most of them act about the same so we inject them when we have to test them with um with it it's called a duophosphate and th and what that dug what that drug does, it stops the macrophages in their um, in, in their animals, okay. and and that Microphages. lets macrophages are for our listeners. It, 
it's the antibodies in your in your blood that help fight disease. Okay. So we put that in there in, into their system, and so we, we have a controlled a, a controlled shot. Now, what you have to do is you have to take the mice um, and put it in the in the main vein that runs up their tail, right? At, you know, as soon as it connects to their body, we put that in, and that gives us a time frame or when we can test. Now you can. Uh, you can also inject it locally if you wanted to test for apoptosis, but it's usually we that's not what we're testing for. Okay. So what we then do is then after about, uh, you know, two to four hours, we then inject a compound that we want to test. Okay. And then we wait. Usually um, we then take that test on the next day we, we wait them you know for them to, to you know to to test then we then we you know draw you know we, we extract blood from them and then you know put that in the slide and then we then take another sample and that's the one that we look at under the microscope so we have a before and after test we have all the all the slides together and then we have a set that we then you know, take a look at under the microscope, and then we test for certain issues. And what we're testing for right now, and and this is where we we've kind of had a kind of a, a I think that one of the things that's happening is that there are certain antibodies acting as antigens, and maybe just maybe there there's become there there are becoming a uh, they're they're becoming basically paradoxical and so we're testing the paradoxical means doing the opposite of what it's supposed to do correct now after the debate with dell and after with you guys you guys brought up some stuff and i'm like okay let's see if we can test this because maybe just maybe we're, we're looking at the wrong thing or we're looking at the wrong process because after the show we went and looked at the there's a study in in and those at the University of Buffalo when they they looked at for MS and one of the things that they did is for years now this has been you guys can look this up i mean they have used interferon to help the body heal itself from the attack of MS what these guys at Buffalo did was they blocked the MR3 receptor that is destroying the myelin. And so now there's no signal to destroy the myelin and, and it, it's a breakthrough from MS. So we said that, and, and, it's, and it's been the same thing for 35 years. Everybody said, let's help the body, let's help the body. Well, these guys says, well, wait a second, why don't we just use it as a blocker? So we said, okay, that, that's a pretty decent theory. Why don't we test some compounds? And, and we're not talking about vaccines. We're talking about compounds that are normally given to fight antibodies. And, right. and we tested them and to say, are there, antigen, are there antibodies that are acting as antigens? Okay. And, and that is what I think... And, and we're testing the results slowly. We, you know, we have to, to, you know, we have to look at the cells. We have to look at the cells before. 
and you have to map them and you have to leave. But one of the things we've noticed is in in some some of the mice, and it's a small percentage, that's what's happening. And it's exactly the same, it, it's a, a, almost the exact same pattern that the NIH did a paradoxical view on in 1999 on a test. And, and what I think is happening, and, and now translate that into human terms, 9% of our population is allergic to penicillin, roughly, give or take. And, and penicillin acts adversely introduced into one of their systems. And you said it's the most inert. Yeah, it's it's one of the most inert, uh, you know, antibiotic there is. I mean, it's a, it's a very, I mean, there's no, there's really not a lot to it. And, and here's what I think, and our, so our theory is, or what we're theorizing, and we've talked to some molecular biologists that, and we're, we're going to expand this once we get the, the lab results, let's say more codified and we parse some of the data, we're going to expand the set. And what I think is happening, and, and this is a, a valid, that in, in some people, and I don't know what the marker is, but I think we can create a test for it or at least use some computational biology and say, in this, if you have this marker, a vaccine and or an antibiotic is going to be is going to work at, at, paradoxically for you. And that's where I think no one has maybe gone down that road if that's right. the best. So so would you would you say wouldn't you say that somebody at a pharmaceutical company that wanted to make sure their product was safe or at the FDA for God's sakes, that they would have thought up these types of tests and then come back with the conclusions or the authentic conclusions or even produce the conclusions at all. No. And I'll tell you I don't think they have because I'll tell you the reason why. Um, there's a thing there, you know, you, you're familiar with um, the, um, you're familiar with the drug diazepam, right? Yes. Okay. Well, for most of the people that take diazepam, it, it calms you down, correct? I believe so, yeah. And okay, it's, it's a- Like we talked about with the college kids. Yeah, it's a benzodiazepine. It, it, it calms you down. Right. Well, in, in a f and here's one of the studies that I, I was, I, I started looking online. I, I was going through, I was looking through research papers and I was looking through published studies and lo and behold, there's a paradoxical effect of diazepam's paper and study that was done. Okay. No, no one would have thought that this drug in certain people would make you, you know, um, with hyper. And then I looked at the same thing with Adderall. In certain people, the the people take Adderall to calm down instead of, you know, to be able to, I don't know, uh, run a marathon while they're remodeling their kitchen. And <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, I mean, that, that you know, and so I, what I think happened here, here's what I think is happening in big pharma. And, 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 I, and I will tell you this, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm a lot of money is happening in big pharma. I know that. Well, here, here's what they're, they're testing. They're saying, okay, we're, they don't, I don't think they test the outliers. 
I, and I and I think it's it's the same thing. You're not they're not creating a drug. They're not testing the outliers, meaning they're not testing the people that actually die from it or get seizures. Right, or they get seizures or something like that, and they're saying, well, that 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 ninety eight ninety eight percent of the population isn't happening. This why but would? If, but if nine percent of the population is allergic to the most inert, you know, the the penicillin, um, when you say the average potentially could be about the same or even more for vaccines because of all the stuff in them? Maybe. That, that, that's a theory. Maybe. I, and mm. here, here's what, I, here's what I, I, I'll point out. If we take, if we take a look at, let, let's say, a, a, a class, let's say it's 40 million people in the United States get a vaccine every year. And let's right. just use the AB negative um, you know, let's use the AB negative blood type, which is 2.3% of the population. So if you were to say that, let's say that out of those 40 million, you know, 2.3 have a negative AB negative blood type, that's 800,000 people. Right. Okay. You know, maybe those people have adverse reactions. Some of them are more severe than others. Now, um, the people that have Gillian Barr, um, we can't get real. Here's one of the issues, and, and, and I will, I, I will, um, I will concede this um, this point. There's really not as many um, numbers out there that are available to the to the public that are easily being able to be read. Now, the Gillian Barr is rare, and and it, they're saying that it's it's one in a hundred thousand. So in a you know, 10 per, per million. So it's about 3,500 to 4,500 people in the United States. And so let's say it's, a, it, and that it's an improper immune response that, that triggers this. So let's just say that maybe you don't have Gillian Barr. Let's say you have a, its cousin. Okay. Okay. Let, let, let's say you, it, it has, it, it, it's, it's not, Gillian Barr, but let's say you have a watered-down version of its cousin, okay? So instead of one per 100,000, let's say it's five per 100,000. Okay. And and, and maybe it, it looks like the drug, I mean, it, maybe it looks like it, but it's not exact, and, and so people um, look, wash over it. So it could be as simple as you know, when people had the chronic disease, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, they don't know what causes it, but it has, it mimics other diseases. And that's why it's so hard to pinpoint. And that's why autoimmune diseases are so hard to pinpoint, because if you drew a Venn diagram, there's like 16 different ailments that look the same. Mm. I, I mean, you think about that. I mean, and so you now have to run a test after test and maybe what, what the vaccines, what, what the vaccine companies didn't do, and this is possible. I, and so, so it's better to just classify the symptoms, right? You classify the symptoms because one of the things I talked to this, I, I talked to this um, mom, and her, um, her daughter, um, her daughter had an adverse reaction, um, and one of the things that what was the adverse reactions well she had a high fever she had stomach flu and cramps 
and the girls, the young ladies, about I think between three and four years old, something like that. Um, she had basically symptoms of the flu, and what they what they told her to do was go take some Robitussin and Benadryl. I, I mean, that, that's literally what they told her to do. They didn't test for any of it, and and so I think here's that's scary. Well, I, I and, and that's the I thing. I'm sorry, Pat. I'm just wondering how many times, how many thousands upon thousands of times that same discussion between parents and doctors has happened. Um, I'm going to say 11. Um, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, because I think what, what they're saying is, here, here's the other part that I, and like I said, my rabbit hole's a little shallower than yours. I get but, it. But let's say let's say this one part with the the you know and we've had discussions with this with a couple people and, and with some labs that have some really um, high power equipment that will that we're going to test our theory a little bit more. Those poor fourteen dollar mice aren't going to enjoy it. Well, their name uh, you know I name most of them Tom Brady, so I'm good. Um, <laughs> so. One of the things that what I think happened is, and, and this is this is where maybe just maybe this is what's happening. The measles vaccine by itself is fine. The the mumps by itself is fine. Uh, the you know the uh, the rubella one by itself is fine. Combining them, maybe what you do is you get an adverse reaction when you combine all three. Now there are studies, and and I have said this that. It, the, the most compelling argument to, to use the MMR, MMR vaccine together is that you don't want to give your, your kid four shots. And I'm like, that, and, and I couldn't find any other compelling argument than that. I could not find, I'm like, your only argument, and I'm looking at it as, as a researcher. I'm not, you know, let, let's not use narrative, but as a researcher, what is your argument for giving that? Well, we don't want to give a kid uh, four different shots or three different shots in order to hurt them. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. There, you didn't. You didn't do any testing to say that if you spread, if you if you use the measles vaccine by itself or a mumps vaccine by itself or one that it, it would have been better. You you never did that test. Can't find it. And does, do the pharmaceutical companies test on mice also, or do they test on primates? You know, what? Tell tell me. I I can't answer that. And, and I will tell you that most of their test is. Well, we know they experiment on humans. Yeah, they experiment on humans. I I don't know if they they do test on mice because they I know that they do test on mice. I don't know that they test on primates. Um, and I don't and I can't. That's not easy information to, um. <laughs> to get a hold of because no one is no one gives up their research information easily unless i will tell you this unless especially one where, where monkeys are screaming all night yeah well or unless you want unless you don't have a unless you're like myself who doesn't have a, a vested interest in in developing a drug all i want to do is research to me i'm doing this to to make a better place for some people. If that helps, fine. That's amazing that you're doing it. it and it, and it, if it helps, fine. If it doesn't help, um, you know, there's nothing lost. But here's the information that we found out. And one and but, with, but within that, even if you find out information that they might not want you to find out, like getting that 
out or into, you know, the CDC or, you know, WHO. I mean, if you. Okay. So let me, let me, let me say, I found this. Um, this is on laboratories, PETA reporting, and then a couple other agencies reporting primates across the world each year. Tens of thousands of monkeys, mainly macaques and marmosets, are used in research and testing. In the UK, around 3,000 monkeys are used annually. Much of this is to develop test and safety effectiveness for potential human medicines and vaccines. So right. 3,000 monkeys a year in- I, in I, don't, I, I don't believe that number is that low. I, I really don't. I, I don't. I don't think that number is that low. I think that's a, a reduced number. Part of that, um, part of that reporting is uh, uh, PETA, though, so they would be critical of them, right? Yeah, I think, and I, I don't know that you know if you're a, a laboratory researcher, how do you find that out? You know, we. I mean, they used, uh, you know, they used monkey. I would you know, think they, in testing you have to. Do you have to report? the animals that you're using no really that's no. interesting see i would think that there would be an agency well that would, you, that would you, do, that. you do and you don't here here's the thing no um if you're going to kill some primates mm, yes if you're going to kill mice mm, and maybe <laughs> I, I mean that's the best mm. way i could say it um because the, it's the reporting you know here's i don't want to get you in any legal trouble or anything i'm just you know um, it, it, the, the problem is with when you, when you're, you're talking about reporting, there are ethical controls because what you don't want to do as a, here's a thing as a, as a researcher, we catalog every step of the process. Right. right. And we, because we don't want somebody to say, oh, you, you went from A to, to, to G without, no, Here, here's what the cells look like at, at, at the beginning. Here's what they look like when we uh, we introduce to do a phosphate. Here's what they look like afterwards. Here is when we when we actually introduced some components to to test their immune to to certain compounds and to certain you know Im, um, toxins. Um, this is what happened. So we have to catalog every step of the way. Now he. Um, When, when people are asking us about the data, you know, we have to compile data sets. And it, it's a very, it's a, it's a time consuming process. And so, the, and one of the issues that happens in the, let's say the vaccine debate, the, you know, um, not just the vaccine debate, but the pharmacological debate, it, it takes a lot of time and energy to test. Even if we only, let's say we only use one mouse, um, you, you're still gonna have to take a pre-sample, uh, during sample and post sample. That takes time. You're gonna have to keep those in a sterile environment and keep them, you know, the things frozen. I, I mean that, you know, so you, you know, now you multiply it by 30 or 40, you know, think about the, the time and effort that it takes. Right. I, I mean, it's not an easy process, yeah. and so that. Um... So we'll we'll have to get. I mean, we'll have to have to have you. I mean, it seems like you've made a long. I mean, you've made some good, some good forward energy, Emily. Well, here's what we want to do, and and, and eventually we we want to be able 
to 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 say this and and maybe this is what's happening in the population maybe there's a group of of people in our population that have that already have the antibodies in, in, in their system okay they are they they are not susceptible to measles they're not susceptible to mumps they're not susceptible to some of those diseases and and we could take a you know titer test to test that maybe what we also need to do and expand that is test a little bit on what it if they would react paradoxically to a vaccine or to even an antibiotic before putting them on on a schedule right so it could be also i mean we we've talked about a lot of different you know possibilities here because you know even the, the potential of the aluminum being in it are people having problems with that you know children uh bodies rejecting that you know just just wondering well but here's the thing they since they have taken the aluminum out and in all of them well from from what i understand that they've you know they've taken the aluminum out of as an adjuvant in the vaccines they take I, I need to look into that, but I don't, I don't think that they have on all of them. Maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 you know, I'm looking at that, and you know, maybe if you can find something counter to that, I, there's, I, still, I, there's still, um, you know, fetus embryo or DNA and all kinds of other stuff in there, right? Well, yeah, there. I mean, there is DNA, and there's recumbent DNA, which some of it is, I, you know, it, it, say that again, like fetals. Yeah, and and they are. I mean, it's no different than stem cells. I mean, uh, you know, if we go down that path, what what is scary about it? And, and here's what I'm saying: the the DNA and and some of the it's recumbent DNA, so they don't have it doesn't have the mapping sequence. It doesn't have the same. Okay. But here's here's my second. Can I ask a, Can I ask a question? Hold, hold on. Sorry. Let me let me finish my yeah. train of thought, and then you feel free. One of the things that that concerns me, and, and this is where I've had, I, I've I've gone into the the anti-vaxxer groups, and I've had con conversations with these people, and I've asked them this: Did you take a liver enzyme test of your child after an adverse reaction? Right. Guess guess how many of them said yes? Not many. Not many. Did you take a kid? Did you take a kidney enzyme test? And, and again, not many. And, and which it goes to show me, here's, I, I think, what, it, what is happening. We're not teaching people general medical knowledge to ask their doctor. And I'm not talking about, let, let's just forget the, forget the road of vaccines, forget the, you know, that's, antibiotics. I don't think that that's by accident. I don't think so either, because I think then it. it uh... This kind of goes back to informed consent. Like the doctors are technically the ones supposed to be informing the parent. I mean, I, you're right. The parents. And many should... of the doctors aren't informed to begin with. Right, right. Well, I mean, so the parents. I mean, how do they know to do a kidney enzyme or a liver enzyme test, or you know what I mean? I, I, I understand it. And one of the things we're going to do. This is and um, we're we're going to start in the next ninety days. We're gonna we're going to launch a web page and we're basically going to say hey listen the, you know it, this is what if you're if you're anti-vaccine or you're worried about vaccines these are some things to look out for take a titer test first um because if you can take a test 
it, when the, the when the minute a baby is born and you take a blood test, a test for things like thalassemia and some of the other tests, and you could take this thalassemia. Um, it, it's a blood disease where you have um, that your blood platelets don't act normal. Uh, it's like sickle cell anemia. All right. So they they take a test when a minute that you know if they can take that test, wait a month and take a titer test. That way it could show, you know, where your child is. Now, if you're afraid of, of a vaccine, if you're saying, hey, listen, I don't want to vaccinate my kid, um, at least, you know, say, I want to wait till he's a little bit older. Just get the, you know, test him for the measles vaccine and say, hey, what is his antibody level for measles? If it's in, and there's a range for it. If he's in within this range, you're going to be susceptible. If they're not, they're not going to be susceptible take a vaccine, you know, get it, maybe just a measles vaccine, then wait to, you know, to get a mumps vaccine. But at the same time, if you're susceptible to it, you're going to need it. And maybe your kid doesn't have those antibodies present. And that is, that's a legitimate test. And maybe what, what we need to do is saying, Hey, listen, because I looked at the number of people online and the people that have showed up at, at Dell's rallies and with, you know, with uh, Kennedy and all that, it's a lot of people. So there's, and there's a lot of, of people that have a concern that, that is, that is legitimate. And let, well, I mean, how are you, you can't build a more angry army than parents after harming their child. I mean, these are some views. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you harm, I mean, yeah, and, and, and you know, because you trust the system, and, and that is a legitimate right. complaint. It, you trust the system, you take your child in to get vaccinated, or you take them in, you know, even if you, you take them in for a certain kind of drug, and they have an adverse reaction to it, um, and you, well, you said, I trusted you, and, you know, and you let me down. Well, let's let's expand some of the testing. Let's say we map some of the some of the the antibodies that could be present, and maybe we we take a test to say, hey, listen, um, you're gonna you're gonna have a paradoxical effect to this, you know, to this. So that gives them not only I mean, if they didn't want to take one and take a vaccine in the first place, if that is the case. Then they have a medical reason not to take the vaccine, right? Which would be enough for most people to say, "Okay, we're not going to make them do it," but not in California. Well, I don't understand. Here's the thing: I don't in California, I don't understand the law specifically, and and I've had well, to do some in more California lately in the past decade as a oh, whole. I mean, it, it, dude, they're you know. Um, they're giving aid to illegal aliens, and then you have people out there taking dumps on the street. That makes sense. 60,000 no people homeless in LA County alone, and they just approved free, not to go down a rabbit hole, but you know, it's a fact. They gave free medical to all the illegal aliens there, man. That's, that's a slap in the face to Americans. That's yeah, crazy. Um, so. That is one of the, uh, you know, that is one of the issues that, that's happening. And and here's here's the thing that I that I pointed out to you also. One of the issues that I've had with the the autism debate and vaccines is that there's what I the language that would be easier for researchers and scientists to use would say, hey, listen, 
certain vaccines have have enabled autism like symptoms i think would be more palatable because one of the things is we don't know what causes autism we don't there and very there are varying levels of autism right and if you take a look let, let's take a look at this if you have a kid with arsberger syndrome okay and he's high functioning there are, are some athletes that have had you know cases of autism that are wonderful athletes they they just can't function mentally and there are other kids that are you know let's say idiot savants and you you put them in a, you know they couldn't tie their shoe so you and, and both of them suffer from the same disease so and and then we say oh this is you know it's autism it's such a wide funnel yeah, yeah that, i get it and and i'm like wait a Therefore, second the autism like symptoms Autism-like symptoms, and then you, what you have is saying, okay, what is the autism-like syndrome that your your kid is is showing? Because that way, maybe we can math it. Get it? I get it. Yeah. So, and and maybe that is the, um, and um, you've just opened some new doors. I mean, I I don't know how far as a as a scientist it goes, but. Um, That's all I know. So. And, well, and, and here's the thing that we're willing, and, and this is the, the thing that we're willing to do, is if you tell me the, let's say, the ailment that you have, okay? Let's say that you have a neurological ailment, okay? That, you know, first of all, you have numbness in your arm, okay? And so I understand then from a research point where I need to go back and map. Because, if you know, if you're telling me that, you have numbness in your arm, there's a, a, a neuro, neurological map that I can start going down. I can say, okay, did, you know, did you pinch your, you know, your brachial tendon? Is it pressure on your C2, C3? You know, I can start going down and doing research on it. But if you're saying, oh, I just, I'm in pain, I, I don't know where to start on that. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that's the thing that I that I've said you know that we said earlier. It, did you by any chance did you happen to look up when I was talking about the chemotherapy blindness? Yeah, a little, I did look it up a little bit. Very it's scary, it, I, I, scary, isn't it? It is. It, it is. I mean, I've seen I've seen what that that treatment can do to people. I mean, you know, of course, their hair falls out, but people lose their hearing. Um, some people with brain, you know, with brain tumors. When they get treated heavily, they're, sometimes their skulls don't grow to full size and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Right. So now what you have is it you have pressure on the ocular nerve, right? So, and that's caused by the receptor, the drug acting as, you know, blocks certain receptors, and, that, and you wind up being blind from it. Now, if you were to say, listen, to the average person... I, I, I forgive me for this one. Okay, to the person that it has cancer, if you said to them, "Do you want to be cured of cancer, or would you like to be blind?" Do you think? What do you think they're going to choose? That's an interesting question. I know I'm going to choose sight. You know, um, I'm going to choose sight and just fight cancer my own way. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, and I got to, and, and here's the one that I, I got to, I, I want to give um, 
one of the things that that I, I want to say about with with your friend Tim and, and he we had a conversation with him a, a few you know a, a while back, but he made some valid points. He said, "Listen, one of the things that we we do have in our system is we have more heavy metals than we've ever had before." True. And and if we started removing those heavy metals, and it, and that's where it gave me the idea of you know the you know the, the applied compounds and and the original my original study was on on phthalates, which is polyethylenes. And the damage they do to, you know, the a human. And if there are some applied compounds that are available out there, to to at least stop the damage to the mitochondria, okay. that that was our original research. That's where we started, at, and we're and we're still studying that. But he he made some valid point. He said, "Listen, when you when you have homeostasis and everything is working correctly, um, you remove those toxins either, you know, by flushing them out of your system." But when they when they overbalance or they're or, or they're they're oversaturated, you you then have to take corrective measures. So maybe what we're what we've done is in certain areas of the country, people are exposed to different levels of contaminants, different level of toxins, and different level of of you know let's say bad actors. Because the one thing that we did study, and this is, I, I didn't get a chance to, to talk about this on Dell's show, um, but we've, there's a study that is going on right now that we're participating in, which is in overseas on, there's a couple of, of places that burnt plastic is happening in, one of the places in, is in Accra, Ghana, the other places is in Nigeria, and the other one is in Pakistan. The people that are around these trash dumps that are burning uh, burning plastic are mimicking the signs of autistic kids. Hmm. And what we think is, and and again, this is theory because I, I what I don't want. Here's what I I want your listeners to to take away from this when it, when they listen to this, is that they have that there are people on that are on your side and working on this to say, hey, listen, we want to make the world better. But here's here's a hypothesis that we think maybe it's the absorption of certain, let's say, um, polyethylenes that is causing some of the issues. Maybe it's the in, 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 in is when you have vapor that people in there's a, a place in Philad in Pennsylvania that people are living close to a trash dump. It, they're doing mimicking the same thing. Um, that maybe it, it's the let's clean up the environment so we can at least have some of these, let's say, symptoms less pervasive. What, what are your thoughts, George? I don't know how how far you go down the rabbit hole on uh, chemtrails. Um, obviously, we have contrails. I don't know if you even sign on to chemtrails, but you know the the lore is that they're they're spraying barium. The lore is that they're spraying barium, aluminum into the atmosphere, and that could be another way that we're ingesting so many to metal metallic toxins. Well, but but you don't even have to go through the chemtrails. All you got to do is go look at a, at a at a at a factory that is you know that is making you know you, you go take a look at Gary, Indiana, and you take a look at some of the controls there. And um, 
the only way to scrub some of those toxins from the air is calcium nitrate. Now, that is what AAP, AAP uses um, to scrub its, you know, emissions, you know, from certain, you know, their power plants. Um, here's the thing. There's nothing 100% accurate. And if you take a look at coal towns, some of them do mimic, you know, m mimic ailments of, of uh, let's say, you know, autism or developmental disability. Uh, John Stewart was on there today, and you take a look at some of the firefighters, they look, you know, lethargic and everything else. And, and so that is a big issue. I, I don't know, you know, the chemtrails, I, I'm not willing, I'm not ready to go down that rabbit hole, but we've, we've introduced certain toxins into the atmosphere that weren't made to go together. And that's that Could is this also be eugenics going the opposite direction where uh, we believe or you believe at least that generations of people getting vaccines has built up a tolerance for yes. some diseases yes. or sicknesses uh, in their offspring. And that's where the tiger test has to come in and all that. But could it be going back the other way? Um, you know, generations in the same coal town, generation West Virginia, whatever, um, where it goes the other way um, in terms of eugenics. Um, yeah, because you're, you know, you take a look at, um, you know, you, let's uh, let's take a look at at a common ailment, which is, if you take a look at breast cancer. Breast cancer is one of those ones that if your mom had breast cancer, you're likely to develop it. I mean, it because they were eating the same food though, or drinking the same water. I mean, I think that's more environmental because environmental because you get into like Dr. Bruce Lipton, you know, epigenetics. Why don't both that, twins yeah, get cancer? More than family. I mean, people should be looking at that uh, more than family history. Or the only family history is used for then is to explore geographically what's going on there, right? Say that. Say that last part again. Well, it's an uh, environmental study it's, more it's, so, more so than genetic. A, if it's a grandma, mother, and daughter that get breast cancer, you recognize as there being an issue in the in in the the immediate area. Because everybody's getting sick, not just um, not just family history-wise. You see what I'm saying? Right. I mean, there there is there are places in the United States that are let's say they're they're called cancer clusters. Why do people develop in certain areas? It could be the um, it could be um, you know the, there are certain toxins in in that in that area or now um, mass outbreaks of tuberculosis in downtown LA and they had the right I mean it, and it good and it, and, and, and city <laughs> yeah I mean you've got typhoid typhus yeah and I and, and I and I said that too and and people you know in the last the debate they're like oh it was typhus no they had typhoid I, I said that and people were like no they don't I'm like yes they had typhoid they have typhus in downtown LA these are you know yeah, I mean, no joke. It, I wasn't joking when they said they had to imagine how big you've seen City Hall in downtown L.A. They had to rip all the carpet out of the entire building because typhus had spread in that building. Right. Yeah. And, and here is I, I mean, here here's the the issue that going down the road we're, we're planning on doing. And, and just to tell you research, we're going to start. We're going to test a lot of compounds. And, and we're, what we're going to do is we're going to test basically the paradoxical effect of certain antibiotics and certain compounds to see if, if they create a geometrical pattern. Okay. That, that's what we're going to look at. 
and it's going to take us a while. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. Um, and part of it is because we're not taking funding from other groups. We want our study to be. So no pharmaceutical companies are funding your studies. No, no pharmaceutical, no GoFundMe, okay. no cloud. You know, it's all our own money. And it's all the group that is with us are all people that um, we're not poor. Um, we're not asking. We're not going to ask for donations. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to start publishing results in the next 30 days. And we're going to say, hey, this is where um, this is what we've tested. This is where um, and, and we're going to give some information to will people give, that are. Will you give that? Will you keep tracking the results further out, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get we're going to give results. How long and, will that go? I, as long as we can keep doing research and then, you know, unless somebody finds me, you know, tells Hillary that I have her emails. I mean, you know, it'll be a, <laughs> you know, it'll be a long while coming, but I, I think what we're going yeah, to just having you back on for updates is going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, and here's, here's a couple of the, the things that here's the one theory that we do have is that I think one of the, the, the one question that I, I've tried to, to find out, and this is something that I, I cannot get an answer to, and and I think maybe it's because no one is teaching the public. Why aren't why aren't some of them, some of the well, people, if, if YouTube and others would stop uh, demonetizing us and de censoring us, maybe more people would be hearing, you know, about at least um, you know the science. Well, and here, here's my question: Why aren't why the, aren't the people that have had adverse reactions to the vaccines or to some of the other issues? Why haven't they gotten any countermeasures in treatment? I would say this: I would say this first and foremost that the law has to be rescinded. Um, Jeffrey, you might remember the name of it um, that made the U.S. tax, put the U.S. taxpayer on the hook for all lawsuits on vaccines um, and side effects and things like that. Well, they so disallowed we it. Congress passed a law where you can't even right. sue them. And it's yeah, the, the vaccine. The name of it. We're on the hook, though, for for all those settlements. And, and I tell you what, that law needs to be rescinded and changed, and the pharmaceutical companies need to have to pay on their own. It's, it's, uh, that's got to stop. Well... It, and and so it's the vaccine exemption bill, and that was passed. I think it was yeah, 19, 1985 or nineteen eighty six. Um, I, yeah. I think it was it was passed by Reagan. Why? Why? why ask yourself why nobody on the news has ever talked about this. That right there, just that alone, that stuff. I, I you know here here's the thing. I don't know why a lot of it. Um, why a lot of people haven't. Um, I, I really don't. And, it, and it's yeah, the I National Childhood Vaccine. Pharmaceutical companies make up a massive amount of money for um, television networks, for marketing. So Right. You know, and I'm not defending it. And, and here's the thing. I'm not defending, you know, pharma, pharmaceuticals. And it's the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. And I'm not, I'm not defending them. I, I'm, here, here's what I think we can do. Here, here, here's long-term... And it might not happen today. It might happen maybe a year from now. Maybe we, we can we we can figure out. And we and here's the thing: we have some lab. What we're going to do is we're going to we've contacted some labs 
around the country that we have relate, let's say relationships with. And we want to give them the same information, the same hypothesis, and we want ind they're independent labs that we that we know people there. At. They're not any they're, they're not controlled. And basically, we want to say, run these tests for us there, see if you get the same results, and maybe we can come up with a, a test that says, or a pattern that says, in in, in a group of our population, this is what's going to happen. Um, this is you, you're going to have a paradoxical effect, or the, you're going to have an adverse reaction to a vaccine or even to an antibiotic based on a test that we can give you. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that that would be, that would be, well, it's very important to parents, I would hope, my goodness, it's the safety of their children. So that's what it comes down to. One other thing, though, I tried to jump in, but you were you were on a roll. Right. I'm going to ask you this before we let you go. Uh, you know, we were talking about stem cells for a little bit there. Yeah. These are fetal cells. Now, I know a lot of people are going to South America, places like that, for stem cell therapy, right? Correct. Um, where is all the baby blood coming from? Well. Has anybody thought about that? It, 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 there are, um, it depends. Do you want me to, to do you I want me to spell it out? Where does it come well, from? Well, fetuses? No, it does not. It, not according. I don't know if we, well, hold on. Let me, let me say that. I can't answer that easily. There are, there are people that are, are what they're called universal donors. Um, there are, who would a universal donor be when it comes to stem cells? Um, for example, you... What age you, group? Uh, say that again? What age group for a universal donor to be able to have stem cells? Well, a lot of it comes from moms. Uh, a lot of it does come from, you know... For, uh, the, the, a the placenta and things like that? Yeah, and okay. that's where... Now, I haven't studied here, – here's the thing. Before I go down this road, I have not studied this part of it because this is not something um, – No, this is, a different, yeah. this is a different area, though, that, you know. Yeah, but – and, 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 and a lot of the time there's a, a, there's a lot of – and fetal DNA is in a lot of the, the, the mom's uh, veins. So, uh, um, and so about 10% of the DNA comes from the mom. Now – it, 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 this is a complex issue, and if you want, I can, uh, you know, I have people that we're doing research with that can give you the ba better answers. I, but yeah, I mean, it's, next, uh, the next time we have you on, definitely we'll do that. So because it's not, it's, it's not an easy, it, it's not an easy thing. I, is it, you know, it, it, is it coming from plant? You know, I don't know if you're going down the Planned Parenthood thing. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I mean, it, this is not well, something. Well, they do sell parts. We know that. Yeah, I, I mean, and they sell, you know, fetal tissue, and that is, but I don't know if that is the t tissue that they're using for some, some freaky stuff, though. I mean, it is, and 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 here's the thing, and uh, that's why a lot of people are concerned. The, baby, the babies are a business, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a conveyor belt. It's scary to think about, but that's what it is. They've turned it into that. Well, and and here's um, here's one of the other things. Now, stem cells are a different thing. Um, most of them, um, they come from 
um, they the stem cells come from a lot of embryos that are three to five days old. Now, um, it is called a blastocyst, and it, and and so th those are a lot of uh, of that's where a lot of it comes from. Now, if you want to find out, um, you just did, yeah. go to stemcells.nih.gov, and it, and it will answer a lot of it. Now. Here's here's one of the things that I, I will say. They are there's a lot of them. Not all labs are the same. Not all research is the same. Right. And not all um, not all pharmaceutical companies are the same. So there are differences even within that community. So I like I said I. Up until this last year, I, you know, I haven't studied fetal DNA. I haven't studied stem cells that much as my, well, I shouldn't say that. We haven't studied where the origination of the stem cells because that, that's not part of our research. Our research is the pathology, the biology once it's in the system. That's what our specialty is. And and, and let me tell you, it is it, it's hard enough to do what we do, let alone going, you know, to, to going into other yeah, you know, right. I, I, other so let's, let's um, I know you, you said you didn't need people donating, but I mean, is there somewhere people, you know, could send their money? No. No, uh, no cause I, here, here's the thing that I, I here's the, here is what I think is, um, and, and, I, and I'll tell you the reason why, and, and I, and I will say this to the listeners, it, this is the exact reason we want to be self-funded because, um, I don't want. And, and, you know, if, if we happen to go in the court of public opinion and let's just say give you this one dime from outside sources and that's that's the best way to do it. We didn't take a dime from outside sources. We didn't make any money off of this um, because let's say you have a bad actor. Let, let's say you have a bad actor from, you know, let, let's say pharmaceutical company ABC and they start donating and they start donating and exactly. then they start and, and well, then you, they make the, you, you make the money coming up with the proper tests for parents to apply to their right. children uh, so and, they can and, find out what's going to happen. That's where you become a, a freaking multimillionaire or billionaire, bro. Well, and that's what I think. Sell the patent. Yeah, we're not going to sell the patent, but I think what we can be able to do is take a titer test and expand it and, and give out six more mapping, um, you know, six more maps because – one of the things that people have done is they've gone to the T1 and T2 cells. Well, maybe that's not the only ones where you need to test because, um, you know, until there was a test for Lou Gehrig's disease, there wasn't. Until there was a, a, a you right. know, right. Yeah. A, a, a test for, car, you know, um, you know um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, there wasn't. And so I think that maybe it's the test we develop a test and we say, hey, this is the test. Um, you know, um, you have your kid tested. Um, you know, if, if they show these patterns, what we're going to do is give a range based on, you know, computational biology. Let's say you're, you know, based on, you know, 30 million people in the United States, this is the range of where people fall into the safe range. If you're at this range, um, you're you're at risk. If you're not at this range, maybe you're not at risk. But maybe, like I said, there is a, 
And there is a couple, there is one another university we're, we're working with in California. Um, and I did not know. And let me tell you, some of the stuff that California is doing, I did not know until after the show. Because again, we don't study. I, I'm not, I'm not studying. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good stop on stuff, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And, and I, and I think part of the, yeah. And I think, uh, I, and here's the, here's the thing that I worry about is what happens if you give a vaccine to a kid or you give it, you know, let's just say this here, here's one of my, let me give you a prime example of where this is scary. Let me give you a scary scenario and, and go away from the, the vaccines for a second. All right. We have human, we have human genome, the, the human genome project, right? Right. Let's say that Jeffrey, for example, has a, an antibody and it, it stops a disease. Does, I don't know what the disease is. Let's just say it's, you know, he, if he, it, it stops you from having, let's say, let's just go down a re- deep rabbit hole. Let's say it stops you from having Lou Gehrig's disease. What would stop the government if you start going that way? What would stop, without body autonomy, what would stop you from going to Jeffrey, putting him in the lab, and drawing blood from him every week to make a, um, and, you know, a, a cure for a disease. Now that's happened before. And I, I mean, that has happened before in the United States and they, they just didn't tell her, but what happens in that scenario? How would you, you know, right. and you can't stop it. So you're saying humans, which, which studies were those? Which, um, which operations? Okay. So there was a, a, a while back, there was a, a woman by the name of Henrietta Lacks. Okay. Right. And um, it, it, she was, her, her cells had some unbelievable um, properties to fight cervical cancer. Okay. And so they, the, the hospital used her cells um, to fight, you know, basically, uh, you know, to do um, scientific research, medical research, and they didn't, she didn't know about it. And, and she was, she was a, an unwilling participant. Wow. Now, let me, Did let's, she win a lawsuit? Um, she died in um, 1951, and, but uh, she, when they used her cells, they, they did it without her consent. But let, but let me ask you this. How old was she when she died? 31. And, I, and she died in 1951. Wow. But it's an, it, just all you got to do is Google Henrietta Lacks, and, and it'll, uh, it, that's a rabbit How hole. How did you she wanna... die at 31? Um, she had uh, cancer. Wait a minute. You said, so they tested her even though they found out she had antibodies to fight it. Right. Yeah, and... So it, it, it's a it's a compelling it, it's a compelling story, um, and so. So you're uh, saying, wait a minute, you're saying to make this very clear, you're saying that the, these doctors or government or whoever experimented on her and tried to give her cancer. You think? 
No, no, no. Her cells have because we're drawing her blood. Right. They're they're drawing she ended her up with cells. Thirty-one. That's that makes no sense. Right. She had a, a and when they had taken her cells, I mean, she had uh, she had uh, died Is from basic sense to you, Jeff. What's that? No. Is but any it, of that making sense to you either? No, but I mean, this is before. This is a you want to go down a rabbit hole. You read up about Henrietta Lacks, but here, here's where I'm You're going with this. Down the rabbit hole than you claim. Well, I, I understand, but I'm a, I go down different rabbit holes. Me and you, you know, we just I, you know. <laughs> I'm active also, George. But hear hear me out on this. Give you let me give you a nightmare scenario, okay? Let me give you a nightmare scenario that that. That why I think body autonomy is is important, regardless of whether it's it's for you know, and, and I and I tell you this is an unpopular opinion, but whether it's for abortion, whether it's for uh, blood you know blood transfusions, whether it is for organ donor, let me give you a, a, a let me give you a, a nightmare scenario. Let's say in twenty twenty, let's say in twenty thirty. Okay, Get, let's say 12 years from now, we have a new president, whoever that person is in, in 2028. Let's say that new president is John Doe. Let's say he has a heart tumor and the, there's only two viable recipients in the United States that can donate a heart to him for an open, you know, a, a heart transplant. And it, either he gets a heart transplant or he dies. That's a nightmare. And do you kill those people to take their, or, or even a kidney? Let's just say, let's not be as evasive as you go to kill them. Let's say there's only two people in, in the United States. They go to them and say, "We're going to take your kidney because it's more important for you to, to for the president of the United States to have a, your kidney than for you to keep it." That's well, that's that's where, where that's where the loss of body autonomy ends up is what you're yeah. saying i mean that is a that's a scare or you know let's say they, well, they need you just there you just i mean carving the organs out of people um, but i mean but that's, but that's a body autonomy fast. issue yeah but i mean isn't that a body autonomy issue isn't that you know so i i look at it i, I mean i know that's a nightmare scenario and I, I know that is a big reach but if we keep saying to people no you're property of the state and and we do get like like I said, for 95%, uh, for a, a majority of the population, whatever that number is, say it's between 92, 95, 91, 88, that, you know, let's say vaccines are safe. But let's just say that to 1% of the population, you're going to have an adverse reaction. Well, we're going to give them to you anyway, and if you die, you die. Is that I, I and that's, that's about, I forget what it's called. I think it's called like LDA when they're when they're going through pharmaceutical drugs like least deaths allowed. We know some people are going to die, but there's a certain threshold of LDA that they will allow in order and and still drugs can be made legal. Right, and and that's what I but but I'm saying is that um, well, yeah, think about think about all the other pharmaceutical stuff that's advertised on TV. I mean. You know the the antidepressants that may cause suicidal tendencies. Well, I mean, death death is even included. Like half the commercial yeah. is the side well, effect. Yeah, you, you generally die when you jump off a building. But if you're going to if you're going to talk about this as you know, take away the vaccine argument. Just just let's just you know let's not even sh you know shelf that. But you take a look at a an, at an argument of why body autonomy is important. That is a reason why. 
What happens if they need a bone marrow transplant for the president or the Speaker of the House? You're the only one that fits that. And we have a mapping sequence that says you're a donor. Do, do we go and get a, do we go and take you, take a, take a bone marrow transplant to give it to them? Because without body autonomy, that's that's a valid argument. Do you want to go down yeah. that? Yeah. Do you want to go down that that road? You cannot stop us from injecting your children with vaccines. Leads to, oh no, we're going to take your. But I mean, but that is a valid argument, and I, 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 I'm and I'm torn, and I'm torn with that too. And I mean, let me tell you this: as a researcher, I'm torn on both sides. At the same time, I'm saying, hey, listen, you know, for majority of population, yeah, you need vaccines, but hey. Um, the government can't tell me what to do, and we're going to, we're going to, then um, revolt. I mean, that if if there's anything to revolt over, it's over that of of the government telling you you have to inject your children with this stuff. Well, and, and here's here's the 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 let's say the plan B or C of this. If there are some times that the government has to step in because people are stupid. Let, let's be honest about that. I, I mean, seriously. Well, yeah, painting yellow lines on the middle of the roads. I get it. Yeah, I mean, or you know, we got warning labels on toasters. But when you when you <laughs> when you start having to go down, the, you know, do you want the the government to act so autonomously that they they don't look at exceptions and. And I got into this, and, and if you would indulge me for a few minutes, I, I don't know how much time you want to go through, but I want to I, I want to talk about Alfie Evans for a couple minutes. And, yeah, and, we've got eight more minutes. Um, where I was torn on this. Alfie Evans is a golden unicorn, okay? And, and I got into this argument because I know that disease, and I've actually, we've studied that disease because it mimics another disease. And who is this person again? Alfie Evans was the young boy in, in England who um, had de depleted DNA uh, syndrome, okay? okay? And the, they wanted to take him to Italy for treatment or they wanted to take him to the United States. And the, and the country made them stay in that hospital and couldn't leave. Well, there's, there's more compelling to that. But let, let, me, let me say this. There's only 16 people in the history of the world that have had his disease, 16. In the history of the world, 16 people have had his disease. That's wow. it. That, 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 there, it is one of those diseases that I wish God would have never, you know, could disinvent. Let, let's be honest. It's the worst crippling disease in the history of the world. But only it, 16 people have, have gotten it, is what you're right. saying. Right. And, and, and I got millions into a... died from cancer. Where millions, but I got into an argument with, with a guy about this. I said, listen, there's some compelling injury. But and that's one, what he brought up, the cancer? Yeah, the cancer. But one of the things I said, one of the things that the the argument countered that is said, hey, listen, let the the parents decide how they want their child to die. That Good that's the, that that was the argument. Now I was like, listen, there's nothing that could have treated the kid, nothing, and, and I don't see foresee science in the near future being able to to cure Sorry. the. To solve it, I, I don't foresee it. The way it works is it basically unravels your DNA and you become a bag of goo. No one has lived past six with it. No one has actually lived past three. It's got a hundred percent fatality rate, and it is very dangerous. It's it, it's once you get it, you're dead. You're going to die 
I, I'm sorry, you know, you drew the short end of the straw in the lottery of life. But the argument was, let the parents decide how the kid dies. Let, not that the kid is going to well, die. At least, not that, at least let them, let them, I mean, try. I mean, hey, we can go to Italy for some special tr treatment. Yeah, and but the kid lives to be, you know. stem cells there or what? No, there's no treat. There's no there's no treatment that will help. I mean, you you might get another six months, but the kid is going to be in excruciating pain because here one of the issues is that all the pain receptors, the way that you process pain, um, you you're going to be in pain the whole time, and you're going to be numb and in pain. Um, it's equivalent to the best way I can say it. It's equivalent to having a migraine headache with a stroke. That that's that's the best description of the disease. But the, the, the one argument was saying, hey, listen, it's not that we want, you know, the, the government to say, hey, listen, your kid's going to die. But, hey, at least let us have some humane treatment prior to, you know, the, the kid expiring. That, that was a very argument. That, that was a, a compelling argument. And on both sides are right. That, that's an argument where both sides are right. So maybe we have to expand and say, listen, we've got to do something about body autonomy at the same time, preventing mass stupidity, mass stupidity, yeah, mass stupidity and mass casualty, and that's a fine line. I don't want. I that's you know. Can, can something be said before we go? Can something be said for you know the lower levels uh, being partially attributed to sanitation, running water, you know, sewage treatment? Yeah, there, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of toxins in our. Um, um, there's a lot of toxins that have been uh, released into our, you know, into the ecosystem that weren't there before. And the sure, worst, but at the same time, was, but but at the same time, I'm saying running water and everything else has has had to have had a reduction, a mass reduction in a lot of diseases. Yeah, I mean it has. I mean, you know, here's you know the one the one of the things that we've done is, you know, one of the reasons we we have had a rise in autism rates is because the kids that are alive today that, that suffer from extreme autism uh, 50 or 60 years ago would have been dead. They're, they're just, their mortality rate would have been in the 70. I think, I think autism rates are still growing, George. I, I, you have to show me those numbers, Pat, because I, have, I haven't seen a gym. I, have, I haven't seen a geometrical expansion since the autism spectrum was codified in, I think it was 2002. It's, the, the rates have been roughly stayed the same. Now, that could be um, because of the way they're, they're testing for Arsberger's syndrome and the extremes. But in the last, um, since like 2002, the rates have stayed about the same. Now, if you have compelling data that shows opposite, I, I'm more willing to look at it. But yeah, that's something that I'd, I'd like to look up. You know, it says... Uh... Prevalence uh, went up 15% to one in 59 children. CDC increases estimates. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, again, we can look that up. Um, CDC increases estimate of autism prevalence by 15%. Where are you, where are you they looking? They raised at it to that? a one in 59. Where are you looking that up at? Or semi Autism, AutismSpeaks.org. Yeah, we can take a look. And... That honestly, I have to take a look at. I, I mean, like I said, I can, I can. Once I look at the numbers, I can see if it's a geometric or linear. So let me let me give you a let me give you an idea. In uh, 2004, my God, listen to this. By this, 
this graph, it says mm, one in 166 in 2004, and it kept jumping up. Um, one in one in 88 in in uh, 2012, all the way up to one in 59 now. So it is still increasing, and it's increasing at a pretty rapid rate. Is it? Let me ask you a question. Is it because of? Are the? Is it? Because what they're classifying as autism has widened, or there's more. Well, I, I, I mean, you know, you can look at it, but it's basically CDC is, is lumping it in as autism. So autism, like symptoms, whatever it is, bro, it's 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 growing. So that's. I mean, we can look. We can look at. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll be happy. And that, and that's why I said I'm not, I'm not opposed to doing research to say what what exactly are the the symptoms and right. maybe and, and then may you know here here's the the flip side of it maybe what we can find out is that is there a trigger that in certain in, in certain systems whether it's the mom or exposure to let's say polyethylene phthalates or some some toxin that leads to it okay yeah there's, there's I mean a lot, of, and, a lot of testing to be done still and um so yeah, people can go to that that website again, www.autismspeaks.org, and uh, they can they can look at that and read that article themselves. So anyway, George, uh, where can people find you on Twitter, Facebook, on you know, listen to your radio show? Well, I, they can li listen to my radio show at Vet Radio Syndicate um, on Facebook, and um, we're going to think at the at the end of the month we're going to launch a Twitter page. But when we launch our um, research and it's going to be called, you know, the applied compounds te testing. Uh, we're going to have a, we're going to spread that into all over Facebook. But so we can, we can also then uh, print that on our website, the conspiracy yeah. farm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have data on there. It's going to have, you know, it's going to have some research data. It's going to have, you know, what to do in case you do have an adverse reaction to a, um, a, a you know, vaccine and other, you know, and not just a vaccines. But other, uh, other drugs, and that way we you can at least get an idea of where you're at. And then we at, we're working with two medical professionals in order to get that that test kind of codified. Um, because what I think is happening with a lot of people, they're just they're they're just being dismissed, and that's and that's not right. That's not fair to no, anyone. Right, right. Okay. All right, Jeff, you got anything to add, buddy? No, man. This has been awesome, dude. A lot of information. I was very anxious to hear, like I said, uh, George's feedback from from uh, from the debate, what he learned, what you know he thought was BS, but it sounds like some progress is being made. That's like we say all the time. Man, an well, with the truth. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's a pleasant exchange of ideas that's opened other people's minds, George's mind, other people's minds. And um, like we said, George, thank you so much for the for the work that you're continuing to do, man. And I'll be very anxious I'm, as I'm thinking a lot of our listeners are going to be throughout the summer and the months uh, coming ahead on, on the progress you've been making in the studies. Yeah, I think as, as we expand our, our research and we expand the testing, I, I, I want to be able to publish results and say, hey, listen, this is what we're finding out on certain at certain, uh, you know, at, at, at events. And maybe this can help you. I, I mean. Like I said, I'm it not. It can't hurt. I, it can't hurt, and it, and if if nothing else, here's the thing: if we did the research and we publish it, and and somebody else can say, can pick up on something that we missed, because um, we're sometimes we're more wrong than right. 
I mean, seriously, there's some compounds we tested last year. We thought had, oh, they look promising, they look promising. <laughs> we tested them, none of them worked. And we were like, hmm. And we had to throw out, I, I mean, we literally had to start from, you know, block zero again. And and that was to, to fight, you know, damage done by polyethylenes. And we're like, no, that that, that didn't work. Well, I, ho- I hope it all, man, all of it goes a long way in increasing what we, we know now today is informed consent, which really isn't that informed. So, again, man, very much so appreciate what you're doing. Right. Thank you. Thank you, George. Right. It's been awesome. So we'll have you back on. Definitely keep me posted as you have been with all your right. results. And then uh, we'll, we'll get you back on in the near future. All right, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it, Pat. All right, guys. Everybody, thanks, farmers, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.